Welcome to the Better Together Life podcast. This is the podcast for the suburban family who wants to quit the rat race and return to the land. Kelly is very excited that I can play that in real time and it works. Yeah, out of the two of us, I'm the most excited. I'm very excited. Yes, you are. Okay, so you're you're you just now said about like why are you looking like the proper farmer and yeah. why am I looking like business time? Yeah, like I got overalls in the mail and I'm very happy about them. I might never take them off or just like might never wear anything but overalls. And I think I think that if no one has exper- like experienced this freedom, then you're still you got to talk into the mic. Whether you're looking at me or not, you still have to talk into the mic. If you have not experienced the joy that is overalls, then you should get some because I think they're fantastic. I want some. Maybe not as girly as these. And your your buttons are quite... Uh, these are not child-friendly snaps. They There's a twit. It's like a... You know, if someone were like hiding a treasure... And they needed a, like a really strong treasure box that no one could break into. That's what these clasps on my overalls are. So if you were just listening to the podcast and not watching the video, we're referring to Kelly's very fancy Carhartt overalls. And the clips, there's the main clips of the overalls, are not the normal like circle things. They are, they're fancy. They're and, fancy. You and, twist them. Yeah. And it's you've we've griped about them. Quite often. For me, if you're not I've watching. I've griped about them. Like last night, you were like, I can't get these things off. I said, you better not have to get these off if you got to go to the bathroom real fast. <laughs> you need like a minute. So, and I am just, I'm not that fancy. Uh, I'm just wearing a long sleeve collared shirt. Literally because <laughs> all of my clothes are drenched in sweat. I have... And that is gross because it lets you know that we neither of us has done any laundry this week. All week, nope. We we're have, just we're running on fumes and like one more pair of underwear. Yeah, but that's why I'm out. We moved pigs and I'm done. I don't have yeah. any more clothes. It's time to dress up. Back into the the suburban days of going to the coffee shops and Look out. looking. He's gonna be wearing jeans soon. No. I don't ever wear <laughs> jeans, not in the summertime. It's shorts and a long sleeve collared shirt. That was the look that I had then. We are going to be talking about how to survive your climate's extreme weather because that's what we have mm-hmm. right now. We are it, we are surviving the heat of summer. We're on our way to the heat, heat of summer. We're in like the warm up right now and the heat, heat of summer last year was 106 temp. And it felt like, what was it, 119? It was outrageous. And no one's excited about it. But we're ready for it. We are. So we're going to be talking about what, you know, breaking things down uh, based off of your climate, infrastructure, water systems, shade, wind breaks, rotational grazing, automation, all of those things. But first... And now it's time for What's New on the Homestead. Okay, babe. So 
What is new on the homestead? I know what is new. I have two new things for me mm-hmm. that's new in the homestead. Can you guess it? And both of those things, I think I know what they are. Both of those things are right on point with being ready for the summer. My guesses for year two, because I don't want to just give my own. I think it's more fun to guess yours because why not turn it into a game? Is the chicken summer home and moving the pigs into the forest. You are one of two, so you're Ah. 50%. My first one is the pigs, Mm -hmm. for sure. Hmm. My second is we have the tractor, babe. The tractor is here. The last time on the podcast, even on YouTube, we haven't announced that we have the tractor. Only Instagram knows that we have this tractor. And I like the tractor. You have not. I haven't been on the tractor You yet. have not taken a ride on my big orange tractor. I feel like you need to bleep that out. Or not. So the tractor is like a puppy. You're paying a lot of attention to the tractor and it's not a bad thing. It just reminds me of getting the puppy where you're like, oh, I need to use the tractor for that. Oh, I've got to run this back to the back with the tractor. Oh, I need to make sure that I do that brush today uh, before it gets too hot with the tractor. I'm happy about the tractor and we've got, you've been on it every day where we really have seen a difference. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that you're getting, are you saying that you're starting to count the number of times that I am on the tractor? I'm saying if you're gonna have a mistress, this one's appropriate. What? I'm just saying you like her a lot. I... It's $22,000. I would assume that you would want it you need to get for the mo- me to I get some hours complained. on it. There's nothing I've said that is complaining. I'm saying it's like when we had the dog for the first time. And it was a lot more attention than you thought it was going to be. I am very glad we have the tractor. You've gotten you a lot done. You just now said that I have a mistress. That is. I'm just saying you really like the tractor. You're saying that you don't like me being... I did not down in the back of the that. property at 6:30 because when the kids start coming in at 6:45 or 7, you want me in the house so that they don't wake you up. Or we just get them blackout curtains. That would be a lot easier. Go for it. Let's do that. Deal. Okay. So then the what pigs. What else about the pigs? This morning. Oh, and Tell- I can I can I can <laughs> yeah. edit in if you're watching the video then I can actually edit in some some footage of this morning, mm-hmm. literally this morning. So with with our niece being here, uh, Annie, so she came Tuesday afternoon. So she's been babysitting the kids Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then she'll leave tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think that we have really um, ramped up our productivity with with her being here for sure. Mm-hmm. So we have been able to... I don't, it's beyond the fact that we've been able to get a lot more done. It's just I think we know that we have to get more done. And so we are getting a lot more done. So this whole spring was like our first focus on the homestead spring. We weren't going anywhere. We wanted to garden. We needed the whole, all the animals in the right places. So as soon as the weather got warm and here, that was like the end of February, we were running. And now it's almost the end of June and we're still running, but it's because we know summer is on our heels. So I feel like everything we have done has been really trying to get under the gun before it hits high, 
high, high heat. So I think we have been productive because we're more aware of losing the time before it gets too hot. Yes. It's so Ollie typically does all of the animals. He she he feeds that's his job. Mm-hmm. He likes doing it and that's he wants to earn money and he that's his job. He started fussing because we got all of the birds from Ideal Poultry and we were spread everywhere. everywhere. It's beyond like spread thin, like we were taking up half of the property so much more than we've ever had. And so I think at one time we had one, two, three, four. I think we had five, seven different places. Feeding spots. Yes. So Mm -hmm. seven different feeders, seven different waterers. And at that time, I think we only had three cans for uh, like food. Everything was just disjointed. We didn't have enough scoops. We didn't have enough food bins. We, you know, were getting the food delivered at one spot on the property. So it was just inefficient. Yeah. And he was mad because he didn't have his electric four-wheeler, which we we still haven't gotten that fixed. But anyway, <laughs> that is... So so all of that. Now we have moved the chickens. I know that, that you probably thought that was one of my... I thought for sure that was going to be one of your summer prep things, like updates. It, I mean, it's good, but it's not as big of a deal as the tractor to yeah. me. But And the pigs... The pigs... So basically, we just had to get the pigs done. Mm-hmm. We had to. It was it was a mental block that I had that I could not get over that the fact that they were going to escape because I have not trained them properly yeah. like we did the first pitch. Or that they were just still unfinished. There was still it was like getting to that last leg of your race, you can see the finish line up ahead of you, and our finish line was get the pigs on pasture. But everything else with this very high paced spring meant that everything else popped up and was a little emergency, a tiny fire to put out. So we spend all the energy doing that. And then it's like, oh, the pigs will be fine. We'll just wait one more day for the pigs. And we had full intention. We got these pigs, I think, in March. We had full intention to get them out the very next week. Mm-hmm. But then we had to train them to the fence. We had to make sure that the that the electric fence was good to go. And Every little thing, gosh, 80 birds. I think that's how many birds we increased our flock by just in that time of getting these pigs and then getting them on pasture. So there are always little things that come up. And the good thing is you really can't do too much to screw it up as long as you're active every day at something on the homestead. Those dominoes will fall in the right places. But in between, you have to have... You have to have some kind of order and priority. And we didn't even mention this. The meat birds. Oh, gosh. They're gone. They're gone. And and, and the failure of that. We might have to do a whole other podcast what, on yeah, that. Yeah, our biggest mistakes in raising our meat birds. Yeah, but not having the meat birds definitely freed Lightens us up. The load. Yes. Well, not having the meat birds meant that we could play sort of a puzzle game and get some of the other chickens and poultry into their right places to simplify our summer. Yeah. For, for how many birds we got, if we ever had to do that again, we need three tractors. We need three tractors. For we sure. Do. Yeah. Let's talk about what's growing in our garden. This is all you. It's in the garden in the garden 
The garden is my happy place. I am pleasantly surprised at how much I love the garden. And I know that seems like such a girly thing to say, like, I love my garden. But I really do. I was not... I don't know. You could probably do a whole episode on how Kelly decides not to be stubborn anymore and embrace different things as we go along homesteading, probably as we go along in life. But the truth is the garden was frustrating when we first got it because when we when we began planting things in the garden, then chickens would come in and they'd dig it up and then dogs would run through and children would come and pick things long before they were ready to be picked. And everything that just made the garden annoying was daily maintenance of just trying to keep something alive. So the garden's been a process for me and it's one that I actually love. I want to go out and kill the squash bugs. I want to go out and make sure that the vines are growing inside the fence and not outside the fence. So the update in the garden is that we have fruiting plants and that's a big deal. The tomatoes are actually warm enough and warm like the weather's warm enough for the tomatoes to turn so that's really cool they weren't ripening they were just kind of growing and some of them weren't even fruiting they were just flowering so tomatoes they're like set it and forget it like rom popiel these are good to go and then the cucumbers though they're fruiting and that's really exciting and the watermelons are popping off they are huge so many watermelons growing right now two or three big ones we have three big watermelons they're probably all going to ripen at the same time which is a little bit overwhelming we grew these last year they were awesome watermelons last year so i'm counting on them to be good again this year our peppers are almost ripening but they're a little bit tricky we have had I guess update in the garden would definitely include like we have had some frustrations with peppers, just bell peppers. The jalapenos are looking great, but bell peppers are always getting this like thin skin, almost like something is eating it, but it's not like a hole. It's just sort of like a thin skin that looks a little bit burned. So that's not great in the garden right now. The loofah are taking off and we finished all of the sugar snap peas. So we have some friends who live up north and their sugar snap peas are just like producing like crazy. You know, it's still 75, max 80 there and it gets really cold at night. And sugar snap peas are just pretty much done by May in Texas, at least in central Texas. And ours lasted a little bit longer. They had some aphids and we were able to make a natural DIY spray for them. And that killed all of them. And we only had to do that twice. And then um, the kids were just snacking on those every single day. The octopus of the garden, still thriving. All my strawberries and their runners are just trucking along. Um, Oh, I think this is the most exciting update for the garden. We took water from our 5,000-gallon rainwater harvesting tanks, and they come right off the house on the roof or from the roof. And then we have this really great pump that we could take water probably, I don't know, is that like, that might be like 40 yards? Yeah. This thing is about 40 yards from tank to tank. We ran a hose from the large tanks into the slim tank that we have right at the garden. So now we have rainwater to the garden so free water i mean it's hard to calculate like the price per gallon but 
as far as getting the system set up, this water is now free for us. Mm-hmm. So we ran it from the and large it's tanks. It is better. You can see, you can clearly see, I see a difference of beyond, I don't know. It's the like, untreated water in the garden. It, 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 it keeps plants alive, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, it kind of slowly kills them. I'm, I see like this. Are you talking about the treated tank or the treated water from the city? Treated water from the city. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the plants stay alive because you they have that moisture, mm-hmm. but they're just not something good about them versus yeah. the rainwater. Yeah. The rainwater, it's like, it's it's they they thank you for it yes they think that's such a good way your plants thank you for it i do think that makes a huge difference and what is i think the treated water is like a slow poison it's not that what you're eating is poison it's just that the plant is prohibited from absorbing all of the nutrients and producing the sugars in the same way it would with untreated untreated water. So I think that our garden is really happy. We're installing a drip irrigation system. So that means a lot more systems are coming in place. And it's important to remember we're on year three. In November, we'll have been living here for our three-year anniversary. And that means that this takes a long time. Creating infrastructure. I think if you move on to a farm that's already established, you have a lot of these things in place and that's super exciting because you can get to work faster. But it's also really important for a lot of us who are moving onto raw land to know that things take time. And if you want to do them right, the time is actually the gift. For us to have spent so much time living here and observing just because we were playing outside or working outside or whatever it is, For us to have observed our property before we put some of these things in place has been the gift that keeps us from getting bit in the butt. Because a lot of the stuff that we would have put in that garden two years ago, the way we would have, you know, created the beds or how we would have run the water through it, it just would have been a mess. It would have been harder work to maintain. And now that we've had time, The rainwater tank is in the exact perfect spot for that. It's even giving some extra shade to Mm -hmm. our garden bed. So we're able to plant some things that are just super intentional. We have one experiment going on right now in the garden that I don't know how it's going to play out. But Bo's from Houston. His parents live in the Pasadena area. And they, for the last 20 years at least, have had banana trees. And over the freeze, they, you know, the banana trees obviously did not last. If you didn't know that we had this crazy snowmageddon in Texas, it was bananas. It makes no sense. It was just like the wildest throw of nature ever. And we had below freezing temperatures for a week in Houston. I don't know when that's ever happened before. So the banana trees at Bose folks died back, but it's, pretty much impossible to kill these things they are they are the cockroaches of the garden except you can eat them and they're delicious well we've killed we've gotten several banana trees and we tried to plant them outside of the garden and i've killed all of them yeah this one i have planted them we made like a mini grove and and the intention of it is okay now we see this two thousand square foot garden what do we really need in here we really need some space for shade so 
they're going uh, sort of like perpendicular to our entrance of our garden. And so if these work, if these banana trees They're planted north and south. Yeah. So if they work, then we'll get afternoon shade on half of the garden. And the other half of the garden is shaded by the trees that are just the forest around it. So it could be a really, really cool experiment. So much has happened in the garden for updates since we last talked. Now that I just thought about that. Maybe we need a garden episode. Shoot, I just... If it is shading the afternoon shade, that means that the primary part of the garden, it's shading morning shade. But I think that we can keep it low enough so that because we only planted a few so mm-hmm. i really think we can trim and sort of i don't want to hobble it but we can we can keep maintenance over those trees in a very different way sure than our friends and, in the suburbs and we don't have of. like a lot of i mean this can be fodder trees for no this is rabbits. great i mean they're, i'm not it, it is a experiment for us to yeah. try to do it we're not trying to get them 20 foot tall. All right. So real quick, tell me, uh, so we know we're going to be doing the drip irrigation. Yep. Hopefully mm-hmm. this coming up next week. Mm-hmm. What are you planting? I'm planting ground cherries, tomatillos, some more tomatoes, more green beans, maybe another passion flower vine. I'm not sure. We want to make sure that we have some more plants growing for a very mini tea garden. This will not be a true tea garden, but just tea garden plants so that we can harvest them and put them right into tea. So those are things that I'm growing. And I think we've got, oh, pumpkins. Pumpkins and okra. Those are the last two things that we're putting in the ground this month. Pumpkins and okra. Today's episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. We are a family of six hungry eaters, and when I peeled back the layers on meats we bought at the grocery store, I knew we needed a better option than just packaging with pastures and happy cows painted on the front. ButcherBox offers high-quality meats from ethically sourced seafood, pasture-raised pork, and beef. They even level up and offer breakfast sausage, seasoned cuts, and Brotherton kid-approved bacon with no sugar added. Customize your ButcherBox, get better meats delivered to your door, and make nutrient-dense meals your family will thank you for. Check out the link in the description for the current ButcherBox promotion. Okay, now we're talking about the main topic, which is extremely exciting, which I guess that's why I didn't want to say that's what was new on the homestead, is the summer garden. So... Tell us your the overall plan of what we wanted to do for the property up in the front using the tractor, using all the things that we have. Your original thought of the summer poultry home mm-hmm. and then you came up with this great idea that I that you were surprised that I never even thought of it, but literally my brain could not come up with this simple idea i think it's just because the pigs were taking up 80 percent of your brain space so that's a really good point that sometimes you just need to rip the band-aid on something that is silly and unimportant but it will free your brain up so our plan for all of these seven spots that we were hitting and feeding and watering with all of our poultry from the ducks to the chickens the layers Um, The meat birds at that point was 
exhausting and it was getting hotter. And I think the anticipation of fearing our hottest part of the summer was just sort of crippling. The summer home is just the idea of our front part of our our property, which is much more shotgun. You know, it's longer than it is wide. And the front part, we ran pigs through last year. We actually had the city come and clear a bunch of it because they're going to put in high-speed internet. So that was sort of the the motivation, getting the tractor meant we could move a lot of things with much more ease. We could accomplish this goal faster. To fence in an area where all of our, our birds will go. So ducks, chickens. At that point, we thought meat birds might get there if we got this project done sooner. But we were putting everything up at the front of our property. And we would have one large sort of rectangle-shaped area. So eventually, we would quarter off that space and could move the chickens still rotating them and, you know, not burning out one part of the property. But it would be large enough for sure for the summer so that it makes our chores easier. And I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before, but it just made sense. Like, oh, yeah, if we created a summer home for the chickens, then... We don't have to work harder during this season and it also doesn't marry us to that season. So we could still create a paddock. That paddock could be used for any animals during the year when we want to get birds in a different part of our property. It just made sense. And all of a sudden I felt like we kind of settled into the property, settled into our seven acre homestead where before it kind of felt like you were afraid to put nails in the walls and hang up your pictures. I feel like we're really ready, especially with a stinking tractor, really ready to like make a mark here. So that was a great idea and it's still what's going to happen. However, getting the fencing in and racing the heat is just silly. Like it just seemed like too big of a project. It was going to cost a lot of money and and building supplies and everything is just kind of weird right now. It's very expensive, no matter what you want to build. Yeah, anything you want to build is really expensive and just also strange to try and do it at this point in the game because summer le- is only getting hotter. And lumber prices are coming down. Right, which, which might be something where we just you know continue to look for affordable lumber and then stash it off to the side. But the real option was pigs taking up brain space, summer getting hotter, Chickens taking up brain space. And I think over the weekend, the kids were gone. So that was helpful. (laughs) Didn't take up any brain space. Kids were gone and we were moving the chickens. Or no, I think we were just doing chicken chores at the end of the day. And Bo had a question about, what did you say? Something about the ducks. And I was like, well, what if we just bring the electric fence right by the house? And we put the chicken summer home temporarily here. How did you feel when I said, oh, what if we put the birds here next to the house? How did you feel? How much did you love me when I gave that suggestion? I, no joke, very, very lightly did not cry, but I, <laughs> I, my, my eyes just kind of teared up just a moment of like, thank you. Yes. I never considered this because here's the thing. Once you said that, became so clear of what we should do because I was even considering using the electric poultry netting because we bought two more strands right. from our neighbor who they it just didn't work for them they mm-hmm. didn't like it and so I had some extra stuff to be able to use we were able to make such a because one of them 
eh, it kind of helps, but not like You're having talking about multiple. one electric fence helps, but the space isn't quite large enough because it's made for rotation. Correct. So if you have one electric fence, you're really doing about a week's worth of work and then you're going to move it again. Exactly. And they they can fly <laughs> Get out, out because of the fact that we use the chickshaw. So mm-hmm. they jump up on the chickshaw and they're so close to it, they just want to fly out. Who do you need chickens? Exactly. This, I mean, this is giant, the, the space. And we still have one more. It's bigger than our house. Yeah. <laughs> the chicken house, the chicken summer home is larger than our house. Yeah. And these are chickens that have never been outside of the chicken netting, so mm-hmm. they really aren't fully comfortable. If, if one of them gets out, they're like confused. How do I get back in? Yeah. And so, yeah. so we're able to do that. Um, I now know that we need to start clipping their wings, which is totally fine. We can do it's that. It's not that you now know. It's you're realizing, oh, this batch needs their wings clipped too. Because we've clipped wings before. And quite frankly, it's not always fixing the problem. Yeah, it doesn't. So this is the thing of knowing your climate Mm. so that's what you would have to know that's Mm -hmm. our our first like bullet point of this is knowing your climate so we now know that basically from fall all the way until spring one of our jobs is to prepare for the summer Mm -hmm. so that is building infrastructure and getting all the automation we just have to know that now we did have some sort of freak winter with this storm Hopefully that's not a new. Hopefully that's not a consistent thing. Right. Uh, I wouldn't mind it snowing every year, but that freeze was a little bit nuts. I think we're we've you know learned a lot from there. We have a generator, so if for some of y'all, but that's the thing is just knowing your climate. So so you have to know where you live, what your climate is like. For you guys that are up north, of course. You know, it's very unlikely that you're going to have uh, a couple of weeks summer of 120 degrees where right. your animals can't handle that. <laughs> you for, don't need misters for your chickens the way we might. Yeah. For us, you know, it is it is the summer. We don't, mm-hmm. for most of the winter, besides this last freak Texas, you know, freeze, we're not going to have that. We might have some freezing days, but it's really freezing nights and then it comes back above freezing mm-hmm. in the day like that's right that was a very yeah rare. the danger was freezing nights and then not getting above freezing during the daytime so that was that was what was so bizarre for us wasn't just like we have cold weather we have snow on occasion especially in central texas versus houston but we just we weren't quite ready for that so our mind is always set for summer always even when we lived in the suburbs it was like what are we going to do with our children during the summer, it's exactly. going to be so hot. Exactly. So you have to know what your climate yeah. is. The, so then the next thing is... I might interrupt with that too, because a lot of people who are listening are folks who haven't chosen their homestead yet, are mm-hmm. asking us, you know, what's the best state to settle in? Or, you know, can you build a shed to house in the north? They'll ask a lot of things because they're still searching for their property. So if that's you and you're searching for your property, consider that too. You know, there's a reason that there are snowbirds in the Northeast and they come down to Florida for for the winter and then they go back up. So you might decide to do something like that. But when you're looking for a property, I know we would not, we would, it would take some learning for us to move up north outside of, 
the southern states because Texas varies in climate throughout the state because we're so large. But to move somewhere like Montana would be not only just a move for us, that would be like a total foreign country as far as climate goes. So if you're still looking for your property and you have the freedom to choose anywhere, consider the climate because that's going to affect how you homestead. Yep. Yep. I, 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 I don't know how to be able to advise of what state is best. I mean, to me- I don't think one is best over the other. I really do think it is like, how are you wired? What's your experience? What's your grit? Do you know your grit? Because my grit is low. My grit is low. If I'm cold, I'm putting on layers. If I'm hot, I'm taking them off. Like (laughs) my grit is low. I want to be comfortable. And maybe knowing how hot the summers are going to be is a comfort for me because it's predictable. Mm-hmm. And it's something I can prepare for. But honestly, if I was having a shift between seasons, I don't know that we'd be so great at that. No, <laughs> we yeah. don't have that cold of winter. We have a summer that lasts about six months. So that I think that's fair to consider. We don't really have to do a lot of shifting. We've just got to prepare. There are some things we can't grow. There are some things that we've decided not to raise in the summer because of that. And knowing that we were going to have chickens this year, we adjusted our property to serve us and the chickens better. Which is why we had the meat chickens mm-hmm. in the spring. Yep. And it still got kind of hot in, uh, whenever we processed them. Because we had them longer than we thought we were going to have I them. I know. I will talk about that on another podcast. But that was, then we're going to have some more in the fall. And the processing hopefully is a lot nicer mm-hmm. because we're going into colder weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so infrastructure. Infrastructure for us we put them in a space that has two separate spots of shade. Mm-hmm. So that's in the summer, they need shade. Mm-hmm. If, if you're preparing for the winter, you're going to need to prepare for windbreaks mm-hmm. and things like that. You're going to pre- prepare for snow. Insulating your chicken coop, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess there are people, Justin does the chickshaw mm-hmm. in the winter. So mm-hmm. it's a... I mean, he, he, you can do things like this, but even even Justin, and I, we're talking about Justin just because he, we every, everybody that follows homesteading knows him and knows his style, and he has, he has a very unique style of farming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of people on YouTube that say, this is why I don't farm like Justin Rhodes, because he does some th- unique things. Yeah. So in the winter, you might want a standalone yeah. coop that they can get mm-hmm. insulate. I mean, I don't even know if you need to insulate it, but at least like... Uh, some people do. You might need to, yeah. You might insulate it just with hay seasonally. Yeah, you definitely would need to have some sort of, you know... Um, deep bedding. Deep and some uh, water heaters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, like that's to, something so that we it, just don't even think the, twice about. Well, I mean, we did this past winter. But for us, water systems is a big one mm-hmm. because the summer they fly... It, it's really bizarre. In, well, in we the, drought, you know, well, we don't have as much dew in the morning on the yeah. grass that we are in a drought compared to other areas, even compared to Houston. Central Texas is much more arid than just two hours south. So Houston is kind of like a rainforest climate where it's humid every day. Some days we're humid, but I would say 50-50 even, we're just hot and dry. Yeah, uh, so so in the fall and the spring... I, our little uh, water systems 
I don't only have to maybe fill up mm-hmm. m- maybe like once every week. Once a week. But it, I mean, that's it's even maybe l- a little less than that. But it's once a week is a decent time. Maybe a little, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's around about once a week. Now I'm doing it every other day. Mm-hmm. So I have to redo all the waters every other day. Yes. Um, so for us in terms of water systems, I am going to make a video on this, but there are two uh, different kind of waterers that I've found pre-made, mm-hmm. bought at Tractor Supply. I know that you can... DIY them. You can. We have. I, I don't understand why. Because the DIY versions of these, you're not you're trying to repurpose something that is not made for what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. When for us... These two different ones, the handles are so stout. They're more comfortable. Sturdy. They're meant to to hang, uh, you know, three to five gallons of water. They're the meant to hang matters, the weight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh, the hanging weight matters. The just, I mean, I so I made a DIY automatic water for our rabbits, mm-hmm. and I tried to hang it <laughs> from the bucket. It. And within two days, the weight broke right. the metal handle and cracked the like where the if you think of a five gallon bucket, yeah. it's got the you're not going to be able to visualize this on just audio, but it has the handle mm-hmm. and help me out like the clips go into the bucket right. where the weight would hold that. So a constant weight mm-hmm. just cracked those little plastic holes that the bucket handle, was handle would do. Yeah. I mean, it just wasn't strong enough. These two ones, they're full to the top every single day. Like they're the weight is good, and they're, and they're made, made to water with ease. So we don't have to take the whole lid off. We don't have to turn anything upside down like the waterers where you're screwing in the bottom exactly. of it. Yeah, these are really um, intuitive waters. Somebody who farms must have designed these. Well, I guess we. So we have three. Sorry, we don't just have two. So we have three. We have uh, we the the normal ones that you everybody sees is you. You water from the top, but it has that seal on it to where you have to, you have, it has the, the bowl on the bottom mm-hmm. and, but you have to unscrew something to be able to fill it. So the, the, I, I don't like that one because it just gets so gunky and algae in, um, in the I, bottom of it. It's the one that's with the chickens I in the netting. I forgot you could water that from the top. Well, it's not you an know easy why water I don't from do the top. It? Because it's so gross in it. It's, I never water from the top because I'm always cleaning out the bowl. Yeah, it's like the, it's, it's yeah, horrible. It's sort of like a bucket where um, where you would screw on the top to the bucket. That's actually the bottom. It's like the basin where water comes out and the chickens can just dip their beaks in. Oh well, then we have that one that's too. The okay, one so that's we have four. Such a mess. Yes. Oh my gosh! Like I've tried one, so many water. Uh, yeah. Chicken. So we have the one. Now I got that one. I got the one that waters from the bottom, mm-hmm. where you twist it, you flip it upside yeah. down, and you always waste water. It's just it's hard. It falls mm-hmm. over whenever you're doing it. That's and then you the have one. to tote it. Somewhere. Yes, and it's and it splashes everywhere. Um, and then the chickens, you know, uh, kick dirt and stuff up into it. That's that one I don't like. But actually, Jess is the one who promotes that one. So she that's likes why. it. I know. So I, well, I got it. I think that's a fair thing to know that there are a lot of options out there. If you love a good DIY, do it. There's nothing is prescriptive in homesteading except for some of the things about like the biology of your animals, what they can and cannot have. But as far as 
getting a job done, you do what you can with what you have and every single homestead is different. Some of us don't even have water access on our property. So that means a whole different type of that's cray cray type of work. Or maybe you run a really large ranch and you have to tote water in because you you it's too expensive. It's prohibitive to run water to every sure. part of your property. So there's just some things that like it's really helpful to learn. We run a very small hobby farm homestead. Our homestead is just seven acres and we've basically pushed all our animals to an area where it is easy to get water. Eventually, we can run water toward the back of our property where we have a food forest where hopefully we're gathering a whole nother layer or a whole nother area of water from a rainwater source. But we've made things really simple for us so that we can enjoy this and that it's not a labor of like regret. Like we really do enjoy coming up with solutions when you know we we have to prepare for the weather or whatever it is that we need to adjust so i think any homesteader that's worth its hide is going to act and do a thing and then learn from it and know that with great humility we don't know everything even the people who've been doing it forever they're still learning they're still actively pursuing the best options the most efficient ways of doing things and maintaining the ethic of what they're accomplishing. So like we want to steward our land well. So that's why we rotate because it's better for our property. Sure. Let me get, I'm going to finish the, the water system. Go for it. Yeah. So we got those two that we don't like. Then we got, cause I love you. Then you I, have I, two I, that you do. I, I like, I'm so black and white. I'm like, wait, we got it. Like, like it's cause all, you want the answer. Yeah. You just want, I just want to solve it and get it done. Well, but and, and also, I, if you're I, doing it for the wrong reason, it doesn't matter if you solve it and get it done. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. This is the thing for for us. The reason talking about this is because of how hot it is and yeah. how often we have to do the waters. Then I bought the two from Tractor, Tractor Supply, Supply, which one is I think like a three gallon bucket, and it. It, it has a lid on top and then it has one little uh little hole that you pop mm-hmm. off this little rubber red thing Gasket. so you can get yeah so you can just put a water hose or you can spray a, a, a jet you know mm-hmm. from the water gun hose uh straight in there so really really nice you don't have to take anything off it can stay hanging and then underneath how it does is that has the nipples mm-hmm. so this is for the chickens i'm <laughs> never come gonna on. I know. sit without laughing i know come on now come on now <laughs> It, that is what it is. It's a chicken water nipple. And they, they like peck at it and water yeah. comes out. I didn't really like that because I just wanted them to have like a a, a source of like flowing water, like a, a pool of water of something. Describe it to us. I'm though. trying to get through this. You keep on being funny. So then the other one is one to where it the whole lid of the top mm-hmm. flips up. Now this one, when we were talking about a stout handle... This thing is awesome. I dig it. I love it. And it's got a built-in hook. So you can hook it on the thing mm-hmm. that you hang from a chicken tractor. So all of these, when you're hanging, you're not going to do it with a Joel Salatin style chicken tractor. You're going to do it with a John Siskovitz chicken tractor that has a higher roof. Mm-hmm. And I like that now because you can hang you know, these waterers. So this one, the whole lid pops up. So I, I, I don't mind that either or. It doesn't matter to me really. 
but then it has the cups. So the chicken pecks. Got some and nipples I kinda, and some cups. Yeah, they okay. peck in the little the little, you know, tonguey thingy majigger and it pulls up the water. Now I always thought that they would just peck and always keep it full, but uh-huh. they kind of just it's always dry. So evidently they're pecking to get water, but it never is it's never like the thing. You're gonna have to wait for the video, but I'll put links to each of these down They're below. Such good description. That's what I was saying. You're gonna have to help me to describe <laughs> these. It's they peck the cups. They peck the little yellow tonguey thingy in the cup <laughs> to get the water out, and then they can drink the water. But they don't. They just peck the tonguey thingy what you're to saying get the. Is, there's one water system you like, but it has sort of like the little trigger, kind of like your pigs have where it's a pig nipple these are chicken nipples i can't even do this episode so they push on it and it's like a little trigger and it lets water out and then and you you like that that's easy to fill but that's not the one you want like forever for life then there's another one that's very similar but when the water comes out it's caught in this little red cup and you feel like it's like a little chicken you like you feel like it's an upgrade, like it's like a bougie chicken drinker, and you the chickens can get into it, and you love that idea. It's like a little bird bath for them, but oh, they don't care. No, it they don't care. All the thing I care is that they don't die. That's that they have very fair. I so first I don't want them to die because we've had that happen mm-hmm. in the summer. The second thing is that I want them to have healthy, clean water because yeah. we are going to be eating byproducts of them, mm-hmm. either their meat or their eggs. And the third is I don't want to have to clean it. Like I, I, I want it to be easy. Yeah. I don't want to have to fill it so often and I don't have to clean it so, all can the time. Can you see through both of these? Because one of them, I know you can see through. Can you see through the other one as well? You actually can see through both of them. I wonder if the reason why there's not algae mm-hmm. growth yet is because they're always in the shade. In the shade. I agree with that. I think I shared something on our Instagram the other day about our slim rainwater tank by the garden and that was the question was like how do you prevent algae how do you keep it from growing how do you keep it from being um dangerous water and the truth is i mean we're not trying to make potable water for our animals and our people we're just trying to make potable water for our animals and this though has shown us very different results than the waters that we were using previously the ones that screw from the bottom and water just kind of pools in the red basin. And they're always disgusting and messy. This makes it easy. It's really effective for the chickens. None of them have died in the heat so far. But we're also learning that last year, that time in the summer of where we ran them without as much uh, tree shade as they have this year, it's just, I think we're going to have happier chickens. I think we're going to have productive chickens all through the summer. Our chickens molted last summer. So there was about... I don't know, two or three months where we didn't have any eggs from them. We're buying them from our very generous neighbors. And this summer, I think we're ready for the heat. I think I just now realized one extra thing on this to get ready for the heat is if we put them, I mean, not if, Mm -hmm. we are putting them in this temporary summer Mm -hmm. spot that when we get the John Siskovich chicken tractors in there, if we needed to, we could rig up some water hoses and Mist. some mi- misters yeah. in there. I don't know how to do it, but we can do that. Easily. Okay. So the water was a big one. For us, that's the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. For you in 
northern climates and in the winter, you're really just going to need to be able to have heaters for your water mm -hmm. so that they, they don't freeze. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing I, I would assume so. Water is a big one. It's water is life. Everything needs water. So moving on, shade for us is big. Mm -hmm. That's why for us, we wanted to put them close in like underneath a canopy. Because what we've realized here is the highest, the higher you can get shade, the cooler it feels. Mm -hmm. So if you just put like a canopy, mm -hmm. you know, one of those, you know, fold out canopies from, you know, Academy. yeah, exactly. It kind of helps. It's better than direct sunlight, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a lot better if you're standing underneath a giant, you know, 30 foot tall oak. Right. So trimming up some of those trees so that our chickens could get better access under that. And then obviously having them in a position where the afternoon shade, just like the garden, is more protected. I think that's been ideal. Wind breaks, I don't, we don't have a lot of that, but we might have to deal with that because this is going to be the first time that we've had pigs. We didn't even talk about pig watering because I don't, I'm not an expert on pig watering yet. I'm not an expert on any of this yet, but I'm trying to figure out. We do have one automated uh, rain barrel mm -hmm. that I think it works, but they prefer to have the bowls, the bowls of water. But that, you'll see them drinking out of it. I don't think I designed it best. I think you really need some sort of pressure. Um, it's just the the pressure d isn't strong enough for mm -hmm. these automated rain barrels. I think you can do them better than what I'm doing it, but I haven't figured that out yet. Um, but anyway, wind breaks. This will be the first time that we've had breeder pigs that mm -hmm. stay through our storm um season of like hurricanes mm -hmm. we don't the good thing is we're, we're we don't get hurricane season but during hurricane season we may get tornadoes correct so it does change a little but i do think them being in the forest is shelter enough you know a lot of pigs are just forest pigs mm -hmm. so they'll get tons of shelter in the forest and it makes our job easier you know we're not having to go out all day long to water them We'll give them water in the morning, probably again in the afternoon, and then one more time in the evening. But we aren't going to have to fill up their wallows all day, every day. And then rotational grazing. Mainly what I want to say about rotational grazing is just don't stress out about it. Like, for real, in your stressful climate, like on the, in the, the extreme climates, just chill out. I think You don't need to. You set the tone for your place. When, when you're in reaction mode, just chemically, your body is in a crazy-ass storm. Like you have, if you are in fight or flight or freeze mode, your cortisol is so high, and we'll get very little tech on this, but you are in this high adrenaline, and it is taxing every single one of your body systems. You are no good to your farm or to your homestead if you don't chill out. If you don't find ways for you to recharge, we take a Sabbath every single Saturday where we're still getting the chores done, but that's it. We're not working on anything else. We're actually taking a day to just restore. It's so critical. And if you can't do a full Sabbath, what you must do is pay attention to your seasons. What is your most stressful season? What can you do to simplify during that season? If we didn't do that, your back, Bo's back, would be out every other week. 
it would take one, maybe even two weeks to recover. And then we'd be right back into that. So we know your body. We know that it your body holds physical stress when you have emotional or mental stress. And you're saying we, you're specifically talking about our family. Yeah. But the general we is we know our bodies carry stress physically and emotionally. And so if you're worried that your livestock's going to die, your most important thing is to pay attention to simplifying that system. And if you're worried that all of these, these, this produce that you are going to use is, is going to burn up in the summer or is going to freeze in the winter, then that's where you really need to be spending your time in the off months of your stressful season. If your stressful season is summer, then all winter and fall, you need to be prepping for that most stressful time. And some things will be losses. That's just how it is on a homestead. But things can be more successful in, when in sober moments, when you're not stressed, when you're not over the top and every little thing will set you off, you can be a better steward of your land and of your animals and especially of your family if you're doing this with a family unit like we are. We're no good to our kids if all we're doing is worried about whether the pigs and chickens are going to burn up in the summer. Like we're terrible parents if that happens. So I think we just now, like the, you know, last week Mm -hmm. we decided you I decided in my brain, you probably did not even think of it. You were just trying to survive and to keep everybody happy. I was like, okay, I'm not. So we like to rotate our animals. Yeah. We're not going to do that in July, mm-hmm. in June, July, and August. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're, we're almost through June, right. but definitely July and August. So the chickens are going to stay in this spot for the next two months, we are going to heavily expand bed. their spot as well. Like the size of their spot is much larger than what mm-hmm. we would do on a weekly rotation. Exactly. We're going to do heavy bedding. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of wood chips. We have the tractor. We're going to put deep bedding there for the pigs. Yeah, they might be in the girls might be in this spot for the next two months. I don't know Which when we're going to take them to the processor yet mm-hmm. uh, for Bill. That just depends on their weight. Exactly. We're just going to figure that out. So we might have to do another rotation for the pigs, but they can stay in here for at least another four to six weeks. Absolutely. It's a big spot. And and we didn't have the, the boy pigs in there a lot. So there's a lot to be able to but root up. But that gives us four to six weeks of brain space to do whatever else we need to do. Well, when you run multiple businesses... Those things still have to have their plates spinning, whether it's spring on your homestead or not. Some things, again, maybe even in your business, some things will die. Like you can't keep everything alive all of the time. But if we move them now, like we did today, and have four to six weeks to think about it, that gives us plenty of time to keep some other plates spinning and then go to that without burning out. So to wrap it all up, you got to think about your climate. For us, it's the... Summer, summer and we're going to rest. Mm-hmm. We're going to slow down. We're going to hang out. We're going to watch movies in the air conditioning. For you up north, you're going to do that same thing. You're going to be able to chill out and by the fire. Mm-hmm. Like that's, let me, I, like a, I see the dream in your eyes as you describe that. I, it would be really cool by the fire. You're going to do that. So just prepare and build your infrastructure mm-hmm. and allow yourself to chill out in those extreme you know, seasons of right. your weather. The rules don't have to be hard and fast. Like you went to this lifestyle because you want a life that you get to design the pace of. And if your pace is burning you out, you need to adjust. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Nectar Mattresses. Life on the homestead has proven to be a lot of work in our late 30s, and Bo and I are paying attention to our health even more. One of those ways to stay healthy is to get great sleep. So we needed to upgrade our son's mattress after eight years. We crowdsourced our friends and found out where to start looking. Nectar was the easy winner amongst all of our friends. Nectar beat out brands by price and quality, and we had a year to try it out risk-free. After we got a twin size for our oldest son, he couldn't stop talking about the bed of his dreams. It was written right on the box. So it was an easy choice to try Nectar in our studio and our master bedroom. I think it's safe to say that we're a Nectar family now. Check out the link in the description. Nectar's promotion right now gets you $400 worth of sheet sets and pillows when you order. So you can find us at Better Together Life on Instagram or I'm Kelly at Better Together Wife on Instagram. You can also email us at bettertogetherlife at gmail.com and we'll see you on the next podcast.